five years ago, I started a group called um, realestateagentsitrust.com, and it was designed to be a free service to you because it's something that I really wanted to fix. I wanted to know, how do I hire a real estate agent? What do I what are the qualifications that I look for? How do I know the difference between a good one and a bad one? Well, there are things that we found by working with the 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal. And we know now that there are metrics. There are things that you have to look for. We've done that. And we've got real estate agents all over the world. None of them work for us. They're all, I'm sorry, all over the country. So if you're looking to buy or sell a home and you need a great real estate agent, may I suggest you start with this free service. We'll match you with the person that we feel is the best in your area, but you do your own homework and, and you interview them yourself. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Free service to you, whether you're buying or selling across the street, across town, or across the country. We can help you on both ends, buying and selling. Realestateagentsitrust.com. What does that mean, the meat? We're going to make you an offer you can't refuse. The meat mafia. Have you noticed the price of beef? The price of meat? Why is that happening? What's really happening? And why you need to stand up. And we as individuals and in individual communities and states need to begin to build our infrastructure back up and start processing our own food again because the great reset is now happening with beef and i'll explain it to you in 60 seconds the glenn beck program since the pandemic started 20 percent of homeowners have refinanced their homes 20 percent smart decision if you're looking to save money if you have a uh, if you have a loan already and it's i don't know uh 4%, 3% even it's going to get harder and harder and harder to get a loan please lock your rate in for the loan that you have or refinance this uh, loan get a lower interest rate and also throw in your credit cards and save yourself hundreds of dollars every single month. No obligation, no upfront or hidden fees. Maybe best of all, there's no pressure. These people work for you. It's AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net. They're waiting for your call so you can trim the uh, costs of your, ho your home, of your credit cards, and you can get it under control before things get really bad. Please call American Financing now, 800-906-2440, 1-800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net.
dot net american financing nmls 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org it is vital that we start paying attention to our critical infrastructure I'm going to talk to you tonight at 9 o'clock and explain fully the meat mafia uh, and what's happening to our food processing uh, here in America. It is a real, real important issue that we have solutions to, but we have to pay attention to right now or, or the fundamental transformation of what sits on your table and who controls the food is on the line, and we will lose all of it. Right now, if you go into a grocery store, you've seen the prices go up. And they can blame it on a whole bunch of things. But when you look at meat, there's no excuse for the meat to go up. Not the way it has. Now, you might say, when you think of meat going up, you think of the raw product, right? <laughs> Why, if, if your meat's going up, then the beef, the cow, has got to be more expensive. And the cow is more expensive. The cow right now is costing people a lot more money because of the drought. Uh, they have to feed, for instance, usually I, I have um, a cattle ranch, and usually my cattle come up to uh, the uh, canyon where, where my ranch is, off of the farm, and they graze on the ranch all summer long. That way we don't have to feed them. Then we use the farm to grow alfalfa to feed them the rest of the year. Well, in our particular area, and this is happening all over the country, there's a drought, a severe drought. We haven't had a real rainstorm in this canyon, in this area, for about a year, a year, we've had sprinkles, a little bit of rain, but we haven't had anything, and we had very little snow. So we don't have any water to grow things with. That's happening in South Dakota. It is happening all over the middle of the country, and it's costing people a lot of money. i got to take, in probably about three weeks, I'm going to have to take my cattle off of the ranch where there would be free grass because there's no grass. And now I have to go buy grass or hay or alfalfa, and I have to start feeding them months before. Well, that costs the average farmer so much money to do. They, they don't have the money to do it because the margins are so thin. So people are just having to cut and run. They, they just have to say, I, I, I'm out. I'm out, and I'm hearing people say that all over the country. I can't afford to do it anymore. All right, so the price of raising a cow has gone through the roof, but the price of selling a cow is going down. How's that possible? Well, that's possible when there's a glut, when there's just so many cows to sell and I'm sorry, it's the, you know, supply and demand. But the supply is great, but not an, not an oversupply. It is great. 
But the demand is even greater. How do I know the demand is greater? Look at the price of, of meat. Look at the price of hamburger. Look at the price of, have you had beef spare ribs lately? Look at the price of those things. They're through the roof. So where's the money going? Because when the cows get to auction, the farmer and the rancher, they're not making any money. They're lucky to break even. They're lucky to break even. The price of a cow has not gone up. The price of raising a cow has. And in some cases, the price of selling a cow has gone down. So who's making the money? Well, there's a monopoly, and I believe it is the mob. It is just as bad. I call it the meat mafia because there are four companies now, the big four. The meat mafia is Tyson, Cargill, JBS USA, and National Beef. Those four companies account for 80% of the market. All of your processed meat come from those four companies. If you buy steak, ground beef, pork, whatever, most likely it came from one of those four. Two of the four, National Beef and JBS, are foreign-owned. One of the companies is owned by China. In 2019, the U.S. Cattlemen's Association sent a letter to the, the, the Treasury Secretary about a potential supply chain risk. We're pushing back, I'm quoting the letter, we're pushing back against foreign ownership. We're pushing back against consolidation. We view this as a national security concern, and it could impact the ability of our nation to feed itself. Did you hear me? For the first time, we may have a hard time feeding ourselves. We feed the entire world. We're having trouble feeding ourselves? So what's going on? Well, if you look, if you look with this with clear eyes, something has is happening now that has never happened before in history. Ranchers are seeing their cattle prices drop year to year, lower and lower and lower. But the beef is becoming much more expensive. Why? Well, that's what we started to ask. And we found an awful lot. One, these four companies are making a ton of money. They were making, let's say, $1,000 a head or for two head. Now they're making $2,000 for two head. So now they're making $1,000 of profit on every cow that they buy. None of that's being passed back to the ranchers. Why is that? Well, because they're a monopoly now. There's four of them, and I believe they're colluding with one another to keep the price of beef low. Why? Why would they put the supplier out of business? Well, there might be a couple of reasons. One, big beef, a big conglomerate of people who raise the cattle. Second of all, um, gosh, you know, the world's largest meat supplier, JBS, 
uh, has announced their intention of expanding their role in lab-cultured meat. They are spending millions and millions and millions of dollars. Each one of these meat processing uh, companies are doing the same. They are the ones behind the Impossible Burger. They're the ones behind the fake vegetable meat, which is fine. It's not beef. It doesn't have the makeup of beef. You can make it taste whatever you want, but that's not all there is to beef. So they're expanding all of their expending, uh, all of their spending into uh, impossible meat. Now, why would they do that? And what does that have to do with anything? Well, listen to what JBS's CEO told Bloomberg uh, recently, quote, meat from animals will be a pricey luxury in the future. People will have to turn to vegetable-derived alternatives, which will be cheaper. Now, why would meat, which we've always had a big supply of, why would that become a pricey luxury in the future? And who's deciding that? Well, ESG is deciding that. The Great Reset. You've got a carbon footprint. And remember, cows are the biggest problem. Now, one of the guys who's buying up a lot of farmland and a, a, a lot of interesting things that revolve around our food is Bill Gates. And Bill Gates says rich companies need to stop eating beef. We're going to need to eat the vegetable beef. So there seems to be something with the environmental impact of beef that you are not privy to. They asked you to stop eating beef, and now, well, they just can't get you to stop because you're too pig-headed, no pun intended. And so now they're just going to make it so you can't afford beef. Is that what's happening? Is there an attack on the average farmer and on beef? you damn right there is. The farmer and the rancher are under attack right now from this administration. Remember, they want us all to live in the cities, and they want us to get out of the farmland. And the United States government, according to the White House own website, look it up, America the Beautiful, they plan on owning 30% of all property in America by 2030. That's nine years to buy 30% of all of America, and by 2050, to own 50%. Do you remember the idea, you'll own nothing and you'll like it? That is the 2030 goal of the Great Reset. By 2030, you will own nothing and you will like it. Okay, well, I don't think so, but sure. You'll own nothing. Well, who will own it? Because someone will. Ah, this is where, this is where we jump out of the skillet and into the fire. There's something going on with the price of not only beef, but land and housing. What's up with that? Oh, I'm going to introduce you to, for some, a familiar player, uh, the the investment firm of BlackRock. 
which we have told you about, is surrounding this administration. They are leading the ESG thing. They are leading the environmentally safe funds to be able to invest in the right things with environmental and social justice. What's happening with land and the housing prices? I'll give it to you in 60 seconds. Now, as we're talking about the price of beef, you know what it's like to throw a rack of ribs on the grill and just have them come out perfectly? Yes. Yes, I do, because I have a rec tech. Now, let me ask you the same question. Do you know what it's like throwing a rack of ribs on a grill and having them come out horribly? <laughs> That's an investment now. You're, you're cooking any kind of meat you paid a lot of money for that. You can't have it come out wrong. Rectech will make sure that everything that comes out of your grill, your smoker, um, comes out perfectly because it, it adjusts the cooking process from start to finish. It, it is a smart grill technology. So you put it in and it tells you when it's ready, what you need to do. It's Rectech. You won't find another one like it. I want you to A-B compare. Find the best one you can find. Then I want you to go to Rectech.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Rectech.com. And I want you to A-B compare. You won't find another one like it. Rectech.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Tonight at 9 p.m., everything is connected. Biden's infrastructure plan, his tax deal, inflation. It is all being weaponized to transform America into something that we are not. They don't care who you are, what you do, nor, nor how long your family's been doing it. They will destroy it all. It's a complete and total reset of everything. You're being run out of business. Don't miss tonight's show, 9 p.m. Eastern on blazetv.com slash Glenn. You're not a subscriber? Please subscribe. Help us get the word out. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Save 10% if you use the promo code Glenn. Tonight at 9, the Meat Mafia, the great reset of food. So I'm going to go into greater detail of everything that we just talked about here in a second. Uh, or t tonight, what we just talked about, I'm going to talk about it again tonight in greater detail. Um, also, uh, Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, is on, um, and uh, I think she has a lot to say. You don't want to miss it. Okay, so let's look at, you're a farmer, and you have built your farm your whole life, and farmers struggle. There's there's no rich farmers, Okay. It just doesn't happen. Your margins are so, so thin, and one thing goes wrong with the weather or whatever. One thing goes wrong. You can do everything even perfectly, and one thing happens beyond your control, and you've lost. And you've lost a year. So there's no rich farmers. Now, let's say that you are a farmer, and uh, you are going to pass your farm on to your family. Well, let's just say dad inherited a thousand acres 
And those those acres were purchased at $900 per acre. According to Biden's new death tax and his new tax plan, well, we got to take into account the rising prices because now it's worth $8,000 per acre, not $900 an acre. That would mean that your child who is inheriting this, I mean, you got to pay for the difference. You know, you're on the hook now, $7.1 million. So cough it up. What's 50% in the death tax of $7.1 million? This is the end of the family-owned farm and ranch because farmers and their families don't have that money. So now what's happening to these farms? What's happening to this land? What's happening to the houses? The Wall Street Journal just reported that the large money firms are buying up residential assets at an insane pace. While you're trying to get your first home, BlackRock, BlackRock, somebody who is, this is the largest money management uh, firm in the world. They have seven trillion dollars under direct management and they oversee 21 trillion dollars that's half of all the money on earth they are surrounding this administration they're in the administration they're next to the president as a financial advisor they are number two in line uh behind janet yellen uh at the treasury blackrock is going in while you're trying to buy a house, they're paying 20 to 50% above the asking price. They're outbidding the normal homeowner. Entire neighborhoods, entire farms, everything being gobbled up. Why? We explain tonight. The government used to care about these things. They used to protect you. They used to protect you from the big corporations, the big money people. They used to care about monopolies that were killing competition. They don't anymore. They don't anymore. It's the great reset of food. You can't miss tonight. There are solutions. One of them, I want you to go to usabeef.com. That's usabeef.com. We need to think locally and demand, demand that Congress investigate what's going on with these four corporations. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you haven't joined AMAC yet, there are three reasons why you should head over to amac.us slash Beck. Join right now. First, they're, they're an advocacy uh, unit for conservatives. They actually reach out and help you reach out. A thousand personal meetings with congressional leaders have already happened. Your voice is being heard on issues like freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, religious freedom. This is a group, and there is power in numbers. We know that. Five million members of the NRA, they had real, real power. AMAC is about two, mem- 2 million members. They need to grow into more. There's power in all of us sticking together. 
So you've got the outreach. You also have a really great source of uncensored information that you can trust. Newsletters, videos, podcasts, fresh website content, a bi-monthly magazine, and you'll get all of the deals that you need if you're a mature American. So join AMAC for the advocacy, the benefits, and the information. AMAC.us slash Beck. Big show tonight, Blaze TV, first Studios America, right into Glenn TV. Don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Michael Knowles, the host of the Michael Knowles Show, and the author of a new book called Speechless, is joining us now. Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well, Glenn. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, if you don't know uh, who Michael Knowles is, he is the most picked on guy over at the Daily Wire, uh, and uh, and rightfully so. Um, at least that's what I say around Ben Shapiro. Uh, anyway, Michael, um, your book, Speechless. Your your uh, thesis here is that uh, it is the free speech absolutists that have really brought this on or have have caused this um political correctness to run amok and i would put myself in a in a category as a free speech absolutist so i'm not sure i agree with you but i haven't finished the book yet well i'll try to persuade you this book is a little bit longer than my last book, Reasons to Vote for Democrats, a Comprehensive Guide, which includes about four <laughs> words. Uh, so this, uh, right. the reason that I, I highlight the so-called free speech absolutists, because I, frankly, I'm, I, I don't think that necessarily you would fall into that category or that I would. I know that we use this rhetoric a lot these days, but I suspect what conservatives really want to conserve is the free speech tradition as it exists in America. The reason I pick on the free speech absolutists is I think that basically there is no such thing. There is no such uh, society that permits all sorts of speech without any kinds of limits. Since the beginning of the United States, we have had whole swaths of speech that are off limits, notably fraud, obscenity, direct threats, that sort of thing. And one of the reasons for that is that that kind of speech undermines speech itself. Moreover, in classrooms, whether it's in high school or whether it's in college, or these days, I guess, in elementary school, we do not permit just anything to be taught in the classroom. If you teach that two plus two equals five, you're probably not going to remain a teacher very long, unless, again, you're working for a public school today, maybe then you will. And Mm -hmm. if you, as William F. Buckley Jr. pointed out in, in his book that launched the conservative movement so many years ago, if you walked into a sociology classroom at Harvard or Yale and you started teaching on the racial superiority of the Aryan peoples, you probably wouldn't be allowed to hold your class much longer, nor should you be. There are just necessarily limits to education, to the standards that society will permit. There are obviously taboos. And I think what the left has done is that in the name of this free speech absolutism, what they've really done is just destroy all of the traditional standards and way of life that we cherish and impose their own woke radical standards in their place. So I, I have a I have an issue here on when it comes to academia, the way it is supposed to be done uh, is you, you the the true professor should be asking questions and pushing you into 
into thought that you may not have thought. So if everybody is thinking conventionally about something, uh, you should be encouraged to look at the other side. That's that's why we have uh, tenure is so they can push people into thinking differently and weighing them out. And you shouldn't know which side the professor is on one way or another. He should be able to present both sides. Um, we, you disagree with that? I mean, that's not what's I, happening. I, I understand. Right. I don't I don't entirely disagree with that. I think that professors should should get people to think in a rigorous way. Now, I, I think it's just a plain fact of the university. There are plenty of topics that are off limits to professors as well. They should be. And, and the reason for this is the same reason that William F. Buckley Jr. gave in God and Man at Yale, where everyone remembers that first book that launched the conservative movement. But no one ever remembers the subtitle, which is the superstitions of academic freedom. In that book, he calls academic freedom, as we practice it today, a hoax. He says it's a farce. It's, it's not real. It only moves in one direction for the left. And, and so, yes, of course, we want to be able True. to think in a, a very sophisticated way about matters of history and literature and mathematics and, and all sorts of things. But it, it has to have a purpose. It has to have sense. And uh, unfortunately, what we're seeing today in our schools, notably through uh, movements like critical race theory, is actually the undermining of our education. So sometimes you'll hear people say, look, we want to expand the curriculum and bring in more books and hear more ideas. But the fact is, you can't right. expand a curriculum. There are only so many weeks in the semester. There are only so many books mm-hmm. that you can read. And, and most insidiously, what something like critical race theory does is it tells students that there is no such thing as objective truth or objective reality. So actually, if you teach students something like critical race theory, you are, you are undermining their entire education, which relies on so, the existence of truth. So wait a minute. So isn't the problem not the speech, the fact that we have uh, untethered ourselves from from any kind of critical thinking and analysis and then on top of it silenced any speech that was speaking up against it? Well, all societies will have taboos. I mean, there's just no way around it. I don't think that anybody is going to go out and clamor for the uh, ability to use the N-word in polite conversation and not be ostracized for that, not be, in a sense, censored by either polite society or by publications or by a, a school or a university. Uh, you, you would be censored for that, and uh, that's certainly true. You know, we... The, the purpose of speech is to be able to persuade one another. The reason that speech is so important, especially to self-government, is that in a republic, speech is politics and politics is speech. Old Uncle Aristotle taught us that one. And so we, we want broad speech protections, of course. But we, we need to recognize that when, when we observe certain taboos, when we observe certain social conventions, that is just a fact of society. And I think what has changed is not so much that our speech is less free today or freer today. In, in many ways, the Americans have much freer speech today than they would have in 1790 or 1800 under the Alien and Sedition Act, for instance, or, or under other laws and social conventions. What's changed, I think, is the sort of standard. And to give the plainest example, I would say, in the 1950s, you could be canceled for being a communist. And today, you can be canceled for not being a communist. That's a shift, and I don't think it's Correct. in the right direction. 
Right. I, I, I agree with you. Um, so how did that how did that shift happen? How did we go? How did we get here? It, it took a lot longer than people think. Uh, you know, a friend of mine says the difference between a conservative optimist and a conservative pessimist is a conservative pessimist says things can't get any worse. And a conservative optimist says, oh, yes, they can. Well, I'm here to tell you <laughs> it's actually much, much worse than we think. This, this movement, which can be called political correctness or wokeness or cancel culture, it goes back beyond the 80s, beyond the 60s about a hundred years back, and there were really sophisticated leftist thinkers. I'm just thinking of people like Antonio Gramsci, Herbert Marcuse, the Frankfurt School, the radicals of the 60s and 70s. These guys were very sophisticated. I fear that they actually understood free speech and its role in politics a little bit better than we on the right did. And I think that's why they've so effectively weaponized our language, tried to redefine reality by redefining all the terms, and have established what, what one of them called cultural hegemony. They've, they've infiltrated so many of the institutions, they're really steering our culture. And I think conservatives need to, to get smarter about how to fight back, because I, I believe there is still hope, but time is of the essence. So what do we do? How do you fight it? I think that there are two failed strategies, and it's the trap of political correctness. The one is the squishes just give in to PC, right? They go along with whatever the new crazy jargon or terms are. Uh, then there's the subtler failed strategy of declaring oneself absolutely free of any standards whatsoever. You can say any words you want on TV. You can talk any way you want to someone on the street. And you can engage in all sorts of obscenity, things that, you know, are really alien to our political tradition. I, that one fails, too, because, of course, the traditional standards are, are still abandoned. I think the third option is conservatives need to be able to articulate a substantive moral vision of politics. And in a very basic way, in a, to use an example, I think we need to be able to say no to things like drag queen story hour. I don't think that it is a violation of the First Amendment to say that we should not permit perverts to twerk for toddlers at the local library. The fear, of course, sometimes people say is, well, Michael, if you tell people that they can't have drag queen story hour, why they might tell us we can't go to church. First of all, they're already telling us we can't go to church. They did it for much of last year. But, but second of all, if we do not possess the ability to discern between Drag Queen Story Hour and Church on Sunday, if we do not possess that rational faculty and that moral conscience, then self-government is simply not possible because self-government relies on the ability to make those judgments. And that's exactly their intent. I mean, if, if we are so out of control, then, you know, the founders even said it's it's this is wholly incompatible uh, with a. Uh, non-religious or moral people we we have to be ruled by someone else um so are you seeing the the pushback from uh parents with crt that's the way we need to fight it we stand up and we say no we're not sitting down we're not going to tolerate this anymore these parents are probably the greatest hope we have at the moment uh, in in my book, Speechless, I, I cast a pretty tough diagnosis, <laughs> not just on the left, but actually on the right as well. But the hope, and there really is a glimmer of hope, is that the, the radicals have not totally taken over the common sense. Uh, Gramsci and some of these earlier leftist theorists who foisted this thing upon us 
pointed out that revolutions cannot succeed if they do not have a hold on the common sense. You know, all the all the oppressed masses that the leftists are always concerned about. The problem with them is they never seem to love the leftists' theories. They like their own traditions, their own communities, their own countries. And I think you're seeing that pushback from people who still have a fair bit of common sense to them. I only wish that our ruling class would have half the common sense of the ordinary American people. Well, you have the common sense, but you also are being incentivized to just look the other way. I mean, you're being incentivized by being bullied, but you're also being yeah. incentivized, and they're doing it all throughout uh, the administration. You're being incentivized to get school money if you'll just play the game. You'll get extra you know, help with your business if you play the game. You're being incentivized and, and also threatened at the same time. And that I, I don't know how that's going to work out, Michael. I mean, I, I hope that people realize, wait a minute. No, you'll have total control over me. But I'm not sure that common sense is going to uh, win in self-preservation, a battle with yeah. that. And it's, it's even beyond just the government. As Mitch McConnell pointed out about a month ago, a number of woke corporations who control our speech in, in the public square now, Google, Facebook, YouTube, these corporations are behaving in many ways like a parallel government. And they crossed the Rubicon oh, six yeah. months ago. They, they censored the duly elected sitting president of the United States. Regardless of what you think about the election or anything that happened afterward, the man was still the president, and hipster Rasputin over there in Silicon Valley booted him off of his platform, as did the others. That should cause Americans to have a great fear for, for their ability to participate in their government. And it's very important for us to have a true liberty in this country. We need to recognize, just as you said, Glenn, uh, uh, the country was built for a moral and religious people. We need to understand that liberty and licentiousness are not the same thing. They're actually opposites. And the Founding Fathers wrote about this uh, greatly. You know, I, I guess the way to, to describe it would be in the modern liberal view that freedom is just doing whatever you want. The heroin addict is the freest person in the world, as long as he's got a couple bucks mm -hmm. in his pocket and he can, he can grab a bag yep. of dope. Now, we know, of course... The, the heroin addict isn't the freest man in the world. He's a slave to his own passions. And true freedom involves limits. It involves cultivating virtue, tamping down those base passions, and, and being that kind of moral and religious people that John Adams told us we had to be. He wasn't being a scold or a Bible thumper. He was describing a simple fact of politics. Michael Knowles, uh, the author of Speechless, a must-read book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds. Michael, thank you so much for being on. I'd love to have you on for a podcast as well. God bless. That would be great. Thanks so much, Glenn. You bet, Michael. All righty, then. Our sponsor this half hour is Patriot Mobile. This time of year, we celebrate our independence and the values that have made America great and prosperous. There is still more of us than of them, people that actually believe in these values. It's important more than ever to support the companies like Patriot Mobile, <clears throat> who not only share our beliefs, but stand behind them with action. Patriot, Mobile's, it, Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, and they donate a portion of every single dollar they make to organizations that fight causes that you and I 
care for. They, they fight with us, not against us, like some others like Verizon. Right now, they have two great offers to choose from. Either get 50% off your first two months or $100 off any phone. Both offers come with premium activation. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash back and get all of the details. Switching is really easy. PatriotMobile.com slash back or call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. We've got to stick together and support the companies that speak the truth. PatriotMobile.com slash back. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the mighty things. Well, that's what's happening in schools and uh, and school board meetings across the country. There is a real awakening that is happening. We're going to show you some of the wins and show you the battle yet still ahead coming up in a few minutes. And don't forget tonight, 9 p.m., a must-watch show, The Meat Mafia. What's really happening and how we're losing control of our food. This is the Glenn Beck Program.